For the things we do each day, we humans have always looked for smarter solutions to improve the quality of our lives. When it comes to eating better, Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make it easier than ever before to enjoy a healthy, simple, yet great experience every day. All meals are fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian-approved and ready to go in just two minutes. Less expensive than takeout, Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing between 6 or 18 meals per week. You can pause or reschedule anytime. Head to factormeals.com gratitude50 and use code gratitude50 to get 50% off. That's code gratitude50 at factor.com gratitude50 to get 50% off. Hi Gratitude Seeker, have you heard of Mood Plus? It's a supplement based on a clinically studied strain of bacteria that promotes mental well-being and stress resilience. Here's what Kelly had to say about it. I'm able to be more patient with my kids and have more clarity to make the many decisions I have to make every day. Find out more about the science behind Mood Plus by going to Mood dash plus.com that's m-u-d dash plus.com and use promo code trymud for a 15% discount or visit the link in the description. Hi gratitude seekers and welcome to a new episode of the gratitude podcast. Today I have a really interesting and out of the ordinary guest uh, since uh, the beginning. She's the first Oprah singer. Um, she's a performance coach and a professional speaker living in Germany. Her topic is presence. She is the co-author of several books in German and will be releasing her new solo book this spring. It's called Dealing with Divas, a mindful approach to improving relationships in your business or organization, in which she helps the reader master two things to remain calm centered and focused while dealing with difficult people and to reach his or her goal her name is laura baxter and uh, she is also a great fan of gratitude which she thinks is one of the most important emotions uh, that has helped her get to where she is in life welcome laura well, thank you thanks for having me <laughs> Do you care to say a few words that I that I am, might have missed? As far as my background or, or just how... how as I far as your, your background, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, actually, there's not a lot, more, but a lot more to say about that. I uh, started my career out in the United States, and at some point it's expected for opera singers in America to come to Europe. And for me, it was always clear for a variety of reasons that I would head to Germany and got here and stayed. So um, also for a variety of reasons, mostly I found, yeah, mostly I just fell in love with this German guy and married him and stayed with the family then here. Yeah. Hmm. That's so beautiful. And um, Laura, what is gratitude for, for you? What does gratitude mean for you? Oh, gratitude. Um, I mean, like you and your search, uh, in my search and working, especially with executives or leaders of all different uh, types, um, 
there have been so many studies on what are the emotions that successful people, especially successful people in leadership positions, what are the emotions that they most commonly feel and share with each other. And uh, it has been proven over and over again that one of the most important emotions to feel is gratitude, is to be thankful for the situation they're in and the emotion that uh, su successful people most commonly, um, most often feel is gratitude, which once I began reading about studies that had this this result, I thought that is that's amazing. What is it about gratitude that that both leads people to success as well as um, what is it that people who are successful have that make them so grateful for the situation they're in? I mean, what what exactly is that? And and um, I can say that the journey that I've been on with gratitude, so to speak, has has, uh, has changed my life definitely. Yeah, yeah I, I know that uh, before before we got to um, to record, we we talked about um, a certain situation in your life yeah. um, when uh, you were in a point where where you chose to feel grateful and you understood that it's very important to do so. Uh, could you elaborate a bit? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, I went from a situation where in the United States I was touring with the National Opera Company and singing on various stages with different orchestras and everything. And I was having somewhere between four and six performances a week. And all of a sudden I came to Germany where I literally had to start from the beginning again, you know, going and doing auditions, trying to, to prove myself. And I mentioned before, you know, starting a family here, especially when that happened, and that was relatively quickly after, after landing in Germany. So within one to two years, um, I went from the situation of having all these performances and actually, you know, literally having people, see me in the grocery store or something and ask my autograph <laughs> to go to a situation where I had no performances or, uh, or I would have, you know, this one performance here, one performance there. And all of a sudden, um, a dear friend of mine got married here in Germany and she, um, yeah, it was a situation that it's, it was a very, very romantic wedding. She, her husband is, uh, Germans don't have royalty anymore, but this was, there is a noble, um, the family was a member of the nobility. And so they actually had this lovely wedding in the family palace, which is a very medieval palace and it has its own chapel. And at the wedding, she asked me to sing at the wedding and she also asked her sister to sing at the wedding, um, which her sister was an opera singer from Vienna. And she asked her sister to sing an aria from Mozart, and she asked me to sing, um, I think, a gospel song, something you know, that, something that's fun to sing, but not quite the challenge that I had been having in America. And I remember very distinctly that moment, uh, listening to her sister sing beautifully, a beautiful soprano, um, thinking to myself, you know, you weren't grateful back then. You didn't, I was very, and to go back, I I've always been very grateful. but to be grateful in the moment is different than just being oh, grateful. Um, and what I realized is I had had so much work 
back then before I came to Germany, so many, so many performances and so much you're sort of caught up in the stress of the moment of learning your role, of learning, of, you know, rehearsing for this oratory or whatever you're doing, uh, that you don't think, you don't take that moment to just be grateful that even one note can come out of your mouth, you know? And I, at that moment at this wedding, I realized that, uh, and I promised myself that if ever I could get my career back going again, the way it was here in that time, still here in Germany, um, that every single time that I got up to sing, didn't matter how large or small, it didn't matter if it was at a friend's wedding or if it was actually no, uh, a packed house for 1,000, 1,500 people or more, um, that before I got up there, that I would just say a little prayer of thanks that I am allowed to do any of this. And uh, it had sort of a, for me, an interesting circle of events happened this past weekend. I did two concerts with an amazing choir here. And uh, I live in Erlangen. It's near near Nuremberg, for those who know Germany. And um, I actually asked the conductor if we could do this piece. It's a piece that I sang 25 years ago in, in Durham in North Carolina. Uh, Copeland's In the Beginning, and it's for a, a chamber choir and for mezzo-soprano, and it's a cappella, a very difficult piece. If the soprano, if the mezzo-soloist makes a mistake, or if the choir makes a mistake, then we're out of there. I mean, it's 70 pages a cappella polytonal, so it's it was tough wow. piece. <laughs> tough, really tough piece. And I did it 25 years ago, and I thought it would be nice to do it again. And about four years ago, I asked some, some directors with whom I often work here, you know, I'd like to do this piece. Do you think your choir can handle it? And I gave them the music. And they all said, there's only one choir here that can handle that. And that was Volcanta. That's the choir that I actually sang this with last weekend. And even that director said, no, <laughs> he said, no way. <laughs> and then about a year and a half ago, he called me up and he said, okay, I think we're going to do it. And as we were doing this concert uh, this past weekend, we did two different performances of it. Um, both, well, the huge, audi huge audience, it was, it was wonderful. Um, as we were doing that, all I could think of was exactly yeah, your topic, this gratitude. It was how thankful I am to be have this privilege of doing this piece one last time. I, I assume, I mean, who knows? I may do it more times. But again, um, after all these years, it's just not a piece that, that many people get to do because it is so difficult. Um, and I thought again about the situation, that moment where I said, you know, I'm getting to sing. <laughs> And just saying that little prayer of um of thanks of thankfulness, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because um, sometimes when we see people that are successful one way or another, that are that have the chance to sing in front of so many people, we automatically think that they they are grateful, but uh, we don't. Uh, sometimes we can't see that they are human beings as well, and they still need to, to focus on gratitude in order to, to bring it into their hearts. Yeah, yeah. It's not just, you know, not just singers. I think every one of us at some level can relate to getting so caught up in our lives and the work we've got to do that we don't realize how both important that work is and how special it is to have it. And that can be somebody singing on a stage, but it could also be, it can be a secretary in an office. It can be um, somebody working in a factory. Somebody. It could be a farmer. Just to have that privilege of having 
having the ability to do that thing that we're uh, that God put us on this earth to do this talent you know that's just a it it's it's special very special it sure is it sure is and um i was thinking if you have some um, some words of wisdom regarding gratitude a quote or something like this that helps you um refocus on gratitude Oh, good question. Um, one specific quote in that sense. Let me think about that one, and I'll, I'll send sure. that to send out with the podcast. But um, there are a lot of different things. I, I, um, as far as authors that have influenced my life over the years, uh, one of the ones that had a great influence, especially early on, was Emmett Fox, who has his little seven-day diet book, which is an incredibly small book about um, about positive thinking. I mean, I now live in Germany, right? So as you know, <laughs> Germany, Germany has its own reputation about not, uh, of not being, you know, not having sense of humor or whatever, the, the stereotypes that we have, which is not true, by the way. But um, I, coming from an, a culture like in, in the United States where, you know, positive thinking and just do it, this kind of attitude. And in, in Germany, that's not frowned upon, but definitely viewed a little bit skeptically, um, I can say that the influence from all those uh, those years of, of literally positive things, someone like uh, Emmett Fox who says, just go seven days thinking positively about the world around you. And that includes one of the main, main things that he says, includes gratitude, um, is so important, so very important. And as far as specific quotes, let me, I'm going to, I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem. Uh, so I'm sure that like, like all of us, you have times when it's not as easy to feel grateful uh, in your life. Um, do you do something specific when, when it's hard to be grateful? I am sure there have been moments um, where I wasn't grateful um, but I, I don't know if this is similar to your journey with gratitude. Um, but after that point that I mentioned where we were sitting there in that, that chapel, um, you know, I was listening to, to Ostrid sing and, and, um, since then, I think the one thing that I don't not have is gratitude um, it, that sounds strange, and I'm probably, and, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to, it's not something, it's not that I'm, you know, patting myself on the shoulder saying, oh, look at me. It's not that at all. It's, you take everything that's in our lives right now, and right now, obviously, I mean, you're here in Europe, you know, also the situation with, with the, the refugee situation. Um, there are times when I think, you know, we've not, I've not finished decorating a room, or I've not finished, you know, got to work in the garden or something of that sort. Um, and, you know, oh, it would be nice if we didn't have that responsibility for whatever aspect. And then I think, you know, you need to stop for a second. You've got a roof over your head, you know, and right now you're safe. And um, there is, you know, it's, um, uh, I don't think, I, I don't really, I, I, I really don't think there's a moment that goes by where I don't think I'm not grateful for everything we've got. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Actually, this is this is what I'm aiming for, and uh, what I'm aiming for uh, for our listeners right now to 
to have to cultivate this habit of being grateful so that as much as possible um we live in gratitude we have a grateful life a life that even if it's not perfect we still choose gratitude and we still choose to appreciate it with all of its ups and downs and with all of its beauty and uh i think i think that's that's great that you live in this state and um i'm sure that it's it's amazing well i should say i mean obviously i think one of for me one of the triggers is when i find myself complaining about something because once you start when you when you complain uh about something either, either a large complaint or not is the moment where you're not being grateful and i think as soon i I hope I, and I'm sure as soon as we we're done with this interview, I'm going to think, Oh, there's a time and there's a time where you weren't grateful. But um, for me, that's one of the triggers when I find myself complaining or saying something could be better or worse or whatever. Um, uh, at that moment, I, I sort of remind myself, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've got exactly. this, this opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because it's not about, uh, being unrealistic that you're you're grateful all the time it's it's about having the habit that will help you overcome the times when when you don't feel grateful or when it's harder to feel grateful this is this is what we we aim to do uh here with the podcast and um i think that it's it's great that you you gave this example um but like before you you told me uh, before our interview that uh, you feel that you were very lucky um do you have do you know of a time in your life that that you weren't grateful like i don't know 20 years ago or something like this where i was not grateful or not in this, mm-hmm. this attitude of the, the the having the attitude of gratefulness oh yeah i mean that's um and it's mostly it's not again i was thankful Absolutely thankful, but um, if you would ask me, yeah, are you, you know, thankful to be where you are? I'd say absolutely, and I'm thankful to these people for helping me get there. But that's different than um, really recog- really recognizing. That's that's beautiful and that's very important. I don't want to make that any, you know, I don't want to make that light of that at all. But um, it's a little bit different than living in the moment to the and being grateful in the moment. And my life, and even today, but especially before I, you know, back then, um, my life was full of the next thing. Mm. So, okay, now I've got to learn this role and I've got to sting this thing. And, oh, and I've got to go uh, to this event or to this, um, I've got this responsibility or that responsibility. Um, And being worried about, you know, am I going to sing it right? Am I, have I learned it? Um, even, even the difference in this concert that I sang last weekend, the one I sang it 25 years ago, um, and that may, might be interesting also for your leaders. When I sang it 25 years ago, it was one of the most difficult pieces I'd ever sung. And I sang the concert, just to give you an idea, when I sang this 25 years ago, I sang it about a month before I sang Beethoven's Ninth Symphony of the North Carolina Symphony. Um, and I was in the middle of different operatic performances. So to say that it was one of the most difficult pieces I'd ever worked on is, it was, it's tough. Um, and back then I was petrified, um, petrified of making any mistake. 
and before the the concert back then i was they sang the choir sang another piece and then we sang this piece and i was sitting in the green room waiting to go on and um and i i you know my breath was short i i was i was nervous you know i don't i'm not you know, i i will be honest with you if you i don't like the word stage fright but if you wanted to give it that was stage fright <laughs> if you want to put it there yeah um and I had at that time a wonderful mentor. Her name was Nan Burt. And Nan, when I met Nan, she was 92 years old. And she lived to be 106. But when I had my very first conversation with Nan, uh, she knew me from the stage and, and just you know hearing things. And I was going through a really tough time in my life. Uh, my marriage had just broken up, all, all different kinds of things. And I went to her and because the, the director I was working with told me I had to go to Nan. I, we were working on marriage at Figaro and I had a, had, was in a bad accident and he just, you know, he knew me well and he just said, you've got to go and talk to Nan. And I'm like, I'd heard of this Nan Burt. I know her, you know, but you know, I really don't have time to this kind of stuff anyway. And so I sort of forced myself to go to her house and, um, and she had some guests. And so she sort of asked me to sit out on the, on the porch it should be done in a second. The guests left, and I was sitting in a rocking chair on the porch. This is in the Appalachian Mountains. And uh, looking at the mountains, and Nan, after everyone left, came and sat in the rocking chair next to me. And she uh, started rocking with me. She just matched my rhythm, you know, and she was rocking. And she told me my life story. I mean, she told me everything about me and that nobody knew, you know. And I didn't know how she knew that at all. Um, but it was amazing. And she then gave me a pile of about six books to take home and read that night <laughs> tomorrow and tell her about it. And anyway, that was Nan. And so I got through actually one book. I did go, go back uh, to, yeah, back and, and, and read, read through one of the books, which was, um, a book called, uh, Love is Letting Go of Fear. And, um, that began, began an amazing journey, both with Nan and with myself and trying to figure out life uh, had also a lot to do with gratitude. And one of the things, one of the things she told me at one point, um, which was also out of uh, one of the books that she loaned me um, on Emmanuel, I think it was, uh, was a mantra. And mantra was called love is letting go of fear. Uh, sorry, not love is letting. Uh, the mantra was um, I choose love. And so back to this concert, what I sang last weekend, 25 years ago, um, I'm sitting there before this concert and Nan said to me, you know, if ever you're in a situation where you just, you don't know a way out, you're just, you know, you're scared or whatever, just starting saying to yourself, I choose love without, without knowing what it means, without trying to give it any definition or any meaning, just say it. So that concert, I started as the choir was singing out on the stage um, and I was waiting in the green room. I just started saying to myself, I started out loud because nobody else was there, I choose love, I choose love, I choose love. <laughs> and it really literally like that at the beginning. And then it sort of just kept coming, even internally, even as I was walking onto the stage to sing our piece. And I can't tell you much about how I sang it back then because I was just uh, in the moment of singing and that mantra kept going on in my head the entire time. 
But afterwards, the conductor, you know, came up and hugged me and said, you don't, that was amazing. Did you even notice that you even pulled the choir up in pitch at one point because they were starting to sink, which I didn't notice. Um, <laughs> and, and I realized just how beautiful it was, not uh, the concert, but just the concept of, of, um, of, of love. Yeah. And that enabled me actually last week just to enjoy it. You know, I, I, I knew that I, you know, that it was not going to fall apart, <laughs> that it would be okay. And, and I kept thinking about all these memories from 25 years ago. And um, it was just beautiful. It was really nice. And so I can't, what was you, what was your original question? <laughs> about, <laughs> it was about a specific time where I really wasn't, you know, was not connected to gratitude or love or however you want to describe it. Um, definitely. Back then that was often, you know, I mm-hmm. was trying to, you know, I was living in the rat race. I think is how we describe it in the business world and not allowing that. And uh, what would you tell your younger self about gratitude in those moments? Oh gosh, I would tell my younger self so many things, but the most, I think the biggest thing that I would tell myself um, is more than anything is to live in the moment. It was just to enjoy it. You've got this. Enjoy. And I, again, I don't know how many of your listeners have experienced this, but um I thought I was living in in the moment. I thought I was enjoying it. And I was, there were many things I was, I was, there were many moments where I was in the moment and many moments I was enjoying. Um, But I think so much of self doubt uh, came in and so much of, uh, you know, having to get ahead and trying to get ahead and all of this, you know, I've got to have this big career before I hit 30 and I've got to do this and that. Um, So much of that was there that, uh, that, well, there's a saying, um, youth is, wa- is wasted on the young. Um, and that's sort of that feeling of, I was, uh, if I had, could speak to my younger self, I would say, just enjoy it. Just live in that moment. It's going to be not only okay, it's going to be beautiful, you know, and just, you know, keep trying to hone your craft and, and, and excel in every, you know, way you can and, and enjoy it and be, and be grateful for every last minute of it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I think that we we all need this kind of reminder to um, to, to remember actually to um, be in the present moment. Yeah. For the ones listening right now, <laughs> you can take that moment to be right now, to be present, to um, be aware of your feelings, of your surroundings, of everything that's beautiful in your life right now. Yeah. Oh, please. Yeah. Do. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, I mean, um, you mentioned at the beginning about the book that I've just written, uh, dealing with divas and other difficult personalities. Oh, the focus of the book, um, the whole purpose of the book is to help the reader when the reader is dealing with people that he or she finds difficult is to help that person to stay calm and centered and focused and be in the moment um, and to get his or her goals achieved. Um, I mean, the whole, the book itself, how it came into being is um, in discussing my work with a publisher here uh, in Germany, we talked about what are the possible themes that could be interesting. And she, and um, she suggested this theme. And I thought the main 
how I got to this theme at all is in my work with people. Now, coming from the stage, I mostly work with executives on their voice, their body language, presence, as you, as you mentioned, you know, how, how to own the room and also how to have an inner presence, uh, both the outer presence as well as the inner presence of staying centered and focused, even in very difficult situations. And I realized through this work that one of the things that brings a lot of people out of their center is another person. Mm-hmm. So if I've got if I've got stage fright, you know, often the thought is, oh, so and so sitting in the audience, what are they going to think? Or, um, you know, what what does the other person think about me? Or I or that I don't like that person, I don't want to be in the same room with that person. Whatever. One of the main things that takes us out of our center are other people, people that we consider to be divas. Mm-hmm. So the focus, the really of the first half of this book is to help the reader have tools that he or she can can use to stay centered centered and focused and really uh yeah um in the moment and and one of the fascinating things when when we first started talking about doing this interview um one of the chapters of my of the book is called uh it's called the four states um or the four most powerful states and those four states um are the state of forgiveness, the state of love, the state of play, and very, very importantly, the state of gratitude. And so as soon as we started talking about, this is just, it's so important, so very, very important in order to be able to stay centered and focused and in the moment and have a connection to your strengths, have the connection to your, um, to your talent and, and everything that's important to you in order to be able to achieve your goals. Exactly, exactly. I, I've seen this happening in my life as well. When when I was too much there, like on the outside and uh, not being centered in, in in my own power, in my own self, it was really hard to deal with with situations because I felt like my power was out there and I couldn't couldn't do much about it. But when I got back and um, being present and centered, it it all made much more sense and it was much easier to uh to work things make things work actually yeah and um laura do you have some people that you are very grateful for that you would like to mention oh so many <laughs> oh so very many people um i think probably one of them is the person i already mentioned nan Burt, who was uh i got to know her like I said, when she was 92, but I, uh, we knew each other very closely for a good 14 years before her death. And um, she was an inspiration. Obviously, my parents, especially my mother, um, she had uh, one of the, you know, one of the, she had certain also Bible verses that she would give me to kind of keep me uh, in this positive frame of mind and um, always believed in me. Um, oh, there are so many, the directors and musicians that I've worked with over the years that, you know, that just keep showing you how beautiful things can be. Um, I, for, so there's so many people and people also like people like you that you know, have okay. this, this um, uh, beautiful insight to, um, to what's really important in this world, you know, thank you (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you yeah um 
I, I have to agree with you on this part regarding what what's really important in life because we actually um I was just thinking about this while we we took a break before um uh, getting to the actual interview that uh there is this saying that uh it's not uh it's gratitude that makes you joyful not the the other way around and uh i was thinking about the fact that actually gratitude makes you successful not the other way around actually because you can be successful in the eyes of others if you are not grateful and you're, you you can't appreciate the beautiful things that you have in your life the, actually in my point of view from my point of view you're not actually successful yeah i think i think you're absolutely right both of those i love that 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 it's gratitude that makes you joyful not the other way around but that that's beautiful that really is yeah and as far as success goes absolutely absolutely i think we all know people who are what we would consider very 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 successful but very unhappy and yeah yeah and very discontent with life exactly exactly mostly, and uh, mostly because they don't know what they've got and they're people who are grateful appreciate actually what they've been given yeah yeah i i totally agree and um i was thinking uh if you have some uh some ways that keep you grateful if you have some practices that help you with uh with gratitude that you can share with uh, our listeners so we can do as well um there are a lot of different things the most i think probably the most um common is that i really literal well actually yeah uh, one very important thing that actually happened back then you know in getting to this path i mean today i would say uh literally the main practice i have today is if i find myself complaining about something that i just stop and say how would it be without that thing so if i find myself complaining about my children for example <laughs> then i you know think oops actually i there's nothing i'm more grateful for than than my children and then my family my husband and and so therefore um you know what am i saying when i'm complaining yeah so that's my main trigger today back then there were two things that i did i kept a journal back then all the time uh, anyway about you know life which i would recommend to anyone uh, because when you write down your thoughts you're actually kind of you're noticing patterns in your thoughts and the other thing that i did was i kept a separate journal and that was a journal i worked with conductor who uh yeah glen gertesi he said back then um he gave me some compliment i can't remember what and i just dismissed it totally you know so let's just take a i i don't remember what the first compliment was but let's say you know saying that well or whatever and i just said oh yeah yeah but i could have done that better and that better and he just looked at me and he said the appropriate answer is thank you and i thought what and he said i've noticed that every, you know every time you get a compliment you just dismiss it you know that that could be better this could be you know whatever he said you've got to take that moment and be grateful for it and i realized that i was not accepting compliments at all so i actually started a separate journal which i called my compliment journal it sounds very strange probably to many people um but literally i would write down every compliment someone told me and i 
had to, I was, I made the rules myself for me, but I was, my, the rule was I had to write every single compliment down, regardless of what the compliment was, regarding, without judging it, just write it down, you know, regardless of whether I agreed with it. That was not the said, I have nice eyes. And, um, uh, you know, without judging it at all, uh, basically, we, um, without judging it at all, I wrote these compliments down. And I began, it, that really changed my view of the world around me. I began to hear compliments, and I began to recognize my own dismissal. Um, that was, that was one, of the, one, of, one of, I think, one of the key experiences in turning that whole mentality around. Yeah, I think this is awesome. And um, we want to feel appreciated. This is how we work as human beings. And uh, we, if we don't, like, if we don't receive that appreciation, even, even if people give it to us, it's like a gift. If we, if we don't receive it or we throw it somewhere, um, we won't be able to enjoy it. And I think this is a, it's a great tip that we can all use to, um, to really take into consideration what people are saying, the, the good things that people are saying about us. Because most probably, uh, most of us, if, we, uh, if someone says something uh, bad about us, it most probably will, we will think about it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> we, much more than much. we would think about uh, when when it would be uh, a compliment. So I think this this helps us uh, rewire how we think, and uh, this is actually awesome. We should yeah. definitely do this. So gratitude seekers, <laughs> make sure you do this. Uh, I think it's really really uh, great, and it helps us not focus as much as as we did on, on the bad things that people say about us and more about the good things and the compliments. Yeah. This is awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, we are nearing the end of our interview today. Um, I would like to know more about, about your book, about, uh, when it will come out, uh, well, we've decided uh, we've decided to do something very special with this book. I'd like to reach as many people as possible. So the book will actually be available in the Kindle version starting May 8th. And we've decided for the first full, two full weeks, so at least until May 22nd, that um, if your, your listeners are interested in, in getting the book, that they can go to Kindle and they can um, download the Kindle book for free. For the first two weeks, and then after that, then then the actual the physical book and the Kindle book will go on sale. Um, we would I would just love to reach as many people as possible during that time, so that that those who can use this uh, this information, that this the, everything that's offered in the book, um, how to improve improve relationships, how to better understand the person you're working with, or or even in your private life dealing with. Um, that, that they have the opportunity to get that. And I should say one thing, very important point about the book, because um, I think many people will hear, will hear the title dealing with divas. We've got kind of this collective feeling of what a diva is. They sort of think the stereotype of a diva is somebody who's very dominant, very bigger than life. They you know come into the room, they own the room, they, 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 
you know, order everyone around. Um, people, the, the true, actually, the, true, the truth is that we find people who are not like us to be divas. In other words, a person who's got a very dominant personality, that person will find other people with dominant personalities attractive. They find that people who are more introverted and uh, who take too much time to make a decision, or something, they find them to be divas. They're trying to control the situation by not saying anything or whatever. Um, so the definition of diva itself is very uh, relative, depending on what your personality is. So a diva, someone we find to be difficult, is most commonly somebody who's just different. And if we can understand how they think and how we think, then we can actually, it's a lot easier to build these bridges. So the focus of the book, the first half, as I mentioned before, is really your inner strength, how to, how to, how to be strong no matter what comes at you. And the second half is understanding the other person and understanding yourself and then building these bridges to be able to actually work with the person to get your goals done, regardless of whether or not you like the person. It's not at all about becoming friends with the person. <laughs> that, that may or may not happen, but it's really about uh, building those bridges and about being centered and focused and calm and in the moment for you yourself as a reader. So the first first two weeks, so from May 8th to the 20, um, to the 22nd is done. Um, uh, the book is online for free. And also anyone who's listening to this after that, so you can't take advantage of that particular offer. Anyone who's listening to this after that, uh, buy the book and send me a copy. We'll, we'll put uh, my email address in here. Send me a copy of your receipt, just that you, or, you know, uh, um, uh, a screenshot also would do. Um, and I will send you a link to um, a webinar just for you about dealing with divas. And also, um, and I will send you um, a certificate for 10% off of any, any seminar or anything, any other program that we, we may be offering in this, both in this area and also, for example, uh, one seminar that's coming out online in the summer from me is called uh, From Stage Fright to Stage Might. So overcoming stage fright. So these programs, you know, it, you'll, I'll send you uh, uh, a certificate for a discount on these and um, a webinar just made for you. That's great. That's great. So I'll make sure I will, um, I will link it in, um, in the show notes that you can find on uh, www.georgianbenta.com. Um, you will see there the, sh the, the link to the Amazon book um, and every, every other resource that uh, Laura mentioned. Um, so make sure you, you go there. And, uh, also if you haven't done that already, please make sure you subscribe to, to the gratitude podcast. So we, you can listen to other amazing stories like Laura's and, um, we can keep in touch. So, um, thank you so much, Laura, for being here with us Thank you, Jordan. and for sharing your life story and, uh, everything that you shared with us it was amazing and um, i wish you a lot of success with your book thank you thanks for having me thanks very much and thank you to all the listeners for being here everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.